Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Y'all want your midnight snack or what? All right. Don't call it an encore, because it ain't. Thank y'all very much one last time for having us. Every time it gets better and better, Seattle. Thank you to any repeat offenders, first timers. Sing along with this one. It's real easy, it's one word. One last time, we're a power trip for Dallas, Texas. Thank you very much. This song is called The Frostbreaker. Frostbreaker, the pain reliever, or with the nails from your back.
from Dallas, Texas. I hope we see you next time. You're the best, Washington. Thank you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 136 of Getting It Out Podcast. That was Power Trip with Crossbreaker from their live record that came out this summer on Dark Operative. Uh, of, unfortunately, you probably know the reason why I'm playing that song. If you don't, uh, their singer, Riley Gale, who was only 34 years old, unfortunately passed away this week. Um, so uh, rest in peace to Riley. If you go, on, if you if you've got your pulse on uh, heavy music, even in the even in the slightest, you've heard of Power Trip. They quickly went from uh, you know a crossover band playing hardcore shows to one of the biggest metal bands on the planet, and deservedly so. Uh, a couple of incredible records, um, and, and you know, all, I haven't heard a bad Power Trip track. But aside from that, everything I've ever heard about this guy Riley Gale has been overwhelmingly positive. Um, uh, he's younger than me, 34 years old. Uh, very sad thing to see, um, especially with somebody who was shining so bright. But, you know, th- they say that happens. But, um, hey, um, rest in peace, Riley. Never knew the guy myself, but a uh, little bit of a Getting It Out podcast tribute to Riley Gale to open up this episode. Okay, moving on. In this episode, I have Luca from Necrot. We're talking about their new record, Mortal. It comes out today on Tank Crimes Records. We're going to get all into that and all sorts of stuff. The conversation went in a way that I wasn't quite expecting, and uh, it was quite pleasant. Lately, it's been pleasant conversations with fellows from death metal bands, which is which is great. That's awesome. Um, so another good episode here for you. Let's get into it. Okay, so here we are back again, another episode of the podcast. Can you believe it? The 136th episode in a row. He made it back again. He's still broadcasting. Well, he's back to broadcasting. He is me, by the way. He's back to broadcasting from his basement where he has for the last year or so, except for the last three months, because he's finally wrapping up his home renovation that they just decided to extend. That's none of your business, though, even though I share it with you every week. I don't know. Am I, is, it, is that like a form of bragging? I guess it kind of is. I, I keep not posting anything about it on social media because I feel like that's that's the way people brag about uh, about home renovations or you know things are going well for them. So they so they so they show you all this progress they did. I, I don't know if that's true or not. It's just something I feel. So I'm trying not to do it. So I guess I just come on here once a week and be like, listen to all this progress we've made. By we I mean our contractor. By um, 
but yeah, I, I barely do anything. I paint a piece of trim here and there. My wife does more work than I do. Everybody does more work than I do. The kids endure it better than I do. Um, at least we get a box spring to sleep on. They sleep straight on the ground, the dirt actually, on top of rocks. That's what we've done to them in a bed of snakes, and they're okay with it. They do better than I do. I need plush pillows. I need beanbag chairs um, everywhere. It's just the way I live. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I'm talking. I, all right. It sounds like I live in a hookah lounge. That's not quite it. All right. In fact, there's no smoke here. Smoking. How about that? Smoking's still a thing. And if you still smoke cigarettes, that's okay. You can do that. Uh, it just stinks a little bit. And I don't, I don't blame you for doing it. Go ahead. Go ahead. I did it for many years, like 16 years. So, so I, so I understand. Um, I just noticed lately now that I've, I'm about two years into quitting, um, people who smoke cigarettes tend to have a smell and that's okay. You know, everybody's got a smell. I'm sure I got a smell now. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure people think, um, you know, even if I don't have a smell that I'm full of shit because mostly I am, but that's okay. Anyway, I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about here so far on this episode and that's all right because, uh, you know, I'm as unprofessional as it gets. 136 episodes without figuring it out on getting it out. That's that's how you summarize what I'm doing here. And that's okay. I keep saying that's okay. Maybe I'm just trying to reassure myself. You know, the other morning, we woke up to our two idiot cats killing a little tiny mouse. And, uh, well, we thought they were killing it. Instead, they kept it alive for several hours and uh, just pummeled it repeatedly. And it just kept squeaking and squeaking and... Uh, me, uh, full disclosure, terrified of everything. So eventually I put it in a dustpan and got it out of the house. But first I just tried to avoid it. Um, that's not totally true, but you know, it was in a, it was in like a corner and I had to move a box and you know, who wants to move a box, right? So I had to wait until it was near the bed and then we don't want those diseases. Cats can have them. We can't have them, but now the cats probably have worms. And now we probably have worms because I pet those cats because suddenly I'm friends with these cats, right? It took couple it took a, a little over a year but now me and these cats are friends cat and human friends and every now and then i'll pick up this one cat and i'll sit it on my lap and it digs its claws into me and i push it away there's some there's some uh um scr- head scratching in between there but eventually the, the the nails go into my leg and i say uh, sayonara except i say it in english i say goodbye and then the cat goes away and uh, later it comes back and it meows at me and I pick it up, but it makes this noise like it doesn't want to be picked up, but then I put it on my lap and it purrs immediately. What's with this, huh? Cats are confusing. And you know what else is confusing? Cops shooting black people still. What the fuck is up with that? I realize it's not a new problem, but it's a pretty persistent problem and it's getting, frankly, quite disgusting. Uh, I don't know if something's ever going to be done about it. I don't know what to say about it anymore. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know if I have the place. I don't know. The whole thing confuses me. I don't, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Um, but I'm glad, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm glad for. I'm glad that, that, uh, that there are leagues, sports leagues that have a high visibility, like the NBA, trying to do the right thing. At least the, the players, the athletes, the one who have power and have eyes on them and are idolized by, by young people, um, are at least making some kind of effort. I don't think you see that in other sports. I think you, well, I mean, obviously you saw that with Kaepernick and the NFL and all the guys who kneeled for years, so uh, I'm, I'm wrong there. But uh, other sports like, uh, I don't know, baseball, hockey, um, whatever. And, and sports aren't everything. I don't know. I don't know what the, where this rant's supposed to go because I don't know how to say the correct things. And, I, you know, I could edit this out and just not sound like an idiot on the podcast when I try to speak about this stuff. But I think I think a lot of you can relate. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. Um, and... 
yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm totally confused by the whole thing. Not confused. I'm, I don't know. You get what I mean, and uh, that's the problem, right? That's one of the one of the big problems is that uh, we don't know what to do, even though it seems like there's a really simple solution, and 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 it's just impossible. Like it's the most impossible simple solution, and I don't know. I don't know. But hopefully that can start to change in November, right? Wink, wink. We can do something there. Um, anyway. Did I mention the Philadelphia 76ers suck dick? Okay, so let's move on. Um, let's get to this interview with uh, with Luca. First, I want to play you a song from their record, Mortals. Uh, the song is the lead-off track, and it's called Your Hell. And you're going to like it, okay? And then you're going to listen to our conversation, and you're going to like that too. And then at the end of that, I'm going to play a song called Stench of Decay, which is also off his record, and you're going to love that. And then at the end, I'm going to say some some more things, and you, you you're going to tolerate that. And at the end, there's going to be another song who I haven't determined yet, and you might like that one too. This is a lot to like, love, and be indifferent about. Coming up on Getting It Out podcast.
Let me know when we start. Oh, well, let's start right now. Let's just do okay. it. So, um, well, I guess you don't really need to introduce yourself because I'm going to do that for you. But uh, but you, okay. you're you Luca and you play Necrot. Or I, say, I feel like I say that weird. Necrot. No, Necrot. Necrot. All right. Yeah, I get it. That's right. how you say it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I first saw you guys, uh, or came across you guys a few years ago when that that demo uh, compilation came out with the Labyrinth. Is that what it was called? Yes. Yeah, and that was like you know, because because I like seeing, I, I keep my eye on Tank Crimes because they you know typically have a pretty cool roster, and uh, and and you guys really impressed from the beginning. But then when Blood Offerings came out, it seemed like oh shit, here's this is going to be a this is going to be a big new band. And now that I'm here in Mortal, you totally lived up to it. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, that was the plan. <laughs> yeah, well, as I was gonna say, it seems like it seems like that was the plan, and uh, it seems like it's happening quickly. But now that relatively, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now we got this uh, this this coronavirus shit. Is this um, is this messing you up at all? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We got uh, we already got between May and September. We were supposed to play over ninety shows, and they all oh, got canceled. So yeah, it is affecting us, of course. Like he's affecting everybody, and yeah. Especially artists, though. Like you know, especially people that like us that we live off of congregating a certain amount of people in the same room <laughs> that's going to sure. be a little complicated for a while yeah yeah and, I, and who knows no, there's no no end in sight of course um there's no end in sight yeah that, that's why it's important not to lose your mind you know what i mean and also it's important not just to sit around waiting for things to go back to normal luckily we're very adaptable people <laughs> and uh, you know we're just doing what what was was best right now just to keep our mental sanity and like you know our our economical situation squared or like you know as, you know we're just trying to save not spend money and not lose our mind pretty much that that's what we're doing <laughs> but like we're very happy that like you know this uh, coronavirus happened in a shitty moment but it could have been shittier because it could have happened uh, halfway through recording or it could have happened while we were already on the road with a bunch of merch you know already printed for that tour with the tour day it's like you know it could have happened in in a worst moment. Luckily, we uh, uh, it happened like a month after we finished recording the album. Yeah, so that's... like we were able to finish the album. <laughs> like you know what I mean. At least we have something right now that we can use to uh, stay relevant. Because at least we can talk about the album. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's very we wait. <laughs> that's very true. And, I, and I've, I've, yeah, I do this. I do I do several of these a week, kind of. And uh, the 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 amount of people that that did get you know tours derailed mid mid tour and uh you know that that did lose out lose their ass is is, is yeah, pretty I mean, it's pretty it's amazing like, it's, it's like you know uh, a band like us for example is like you know makes a living out of touring but it's like the if a tour gets into there is like an investment that always goes into tour like you know the, the day that we leave for tour we are down twenty thousand dollars, you know, yeah. immediately just from making uh, merch, just from renting the van, just from, you know, having to pay our sound engineer what we promised because he gave up other work, or you know, like you start with like you're in a big hole every time you start a tour. That's why we always do very long tours because it's like you know you spend half of the tour or more just recovering your expenses, and then. After you know the day twenty or something, then you start making money. That's why then you're like, okay, let's get to day fifty, <laughs> you know, instead <laughs> of like 
you have to otherwise there is is impossible these days for a band to live off his music you know like uh nobody really sells that many records anymore because everybody's already paying like a a ten dollar subscription to spotify to listen to everything they want for free yeah you know there is not a real need of supporting the band directly unless you want to unless you want to own a physical copy unless you want to support the scene actively instead of giving it for granted <laughs> you know what i mean because it's true it's like when you take away the support to medium and small bands medium and small bands are gonna disappear and not only that it's like new bands are most likely not even gonna start <laughs> or you know it's like we all lose we all lose at the end of this and like uh, you know it's good for people right now to have a little bit more consciousness of where they spend that little money they got left <laughs> and yeah. not give it to like corporations but give it to like support your local businesses uh, the local uh, musicians or artists or, or any small business of people like you know that put like 10 15 20 years of their life starting their or running their little shop and now they're losing everything and you're going to Walmart and that's wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And, and, and I've found myself even on a much smaller scale, just realizing uh, that I can do little things differently. Like, like uh, I put out an episode today with this band spirit world out of Las Vegas, you know, this death metal hardcore band and uh, they're friends of mine and I listen to them a lot. And I realize that only just because their shit's, they, they they don't have any physical releases, right? So it's just streaming. So I've just been oh, listen, so I've just been listening to them on Spotify. Like dumbass, you could just go. I, so I, I was like, hey, stupid, go to Bandcamp and buy buy the fucking songs. So you know, like if you can, you know, what I mean, if you're broke and you have to take care of your kids or other stuff, and just sure. go and just go and just go download it illegally from the internet. I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? I think music should be accessible to anybody, even if you're broke. But like you know, if you if you if you're spending you know ten dollar twenty dollars a day just eating burritos outside, it's like one day you can make some food at home and support a band. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's absolutely right. But yeah, it depends how much you like burritos, I guess. I guess <laughs> if you can take a break for a day without consequences. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, so all right, so so. This this record what, it comes out in like a month right the end of mm -hmm. the end of August yeah so but but uh, you know I've been listening to it for a little while now um, and and early reviews are out there and everything's good and I think it's awesome and uh, you're getting you're getting great press um, was there was there a pressure to create such a good record after how you did on Blood Offerings or was this well it was like I, I said this in other interviews it was the perfect uh, amount of pressure mixed together with the perfect amount of confidence because it's sure. like when blood offerings came out in 2017 between then and 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 going into the studio to record mortal we have played i don't know exactly but something between three and four hundred shows and we have played like with uh underground bands but we, we have also played with like big bands like cannibal corpse morbid angel immolation or exhumed and many shows, suffocation black dahlia murder i can tell you many but like we were playing like big shows yeah and like uh so it's like we got more every night and we got way more confident as far as like you know our shit is good we know what we're doing and then we got way tighter by playing together every night for, for so long and then and also it's like we got to watch uh you know we we got to see where the bar is at exactly because it's like when you see playing every night for a month morbid angel or cannibal corpse or immolation or bands like that you're like okay that that that's that's the bar you yeah. know, now you know what top is like. That's the top. 
that that's that's that that's what you wanna you know that's what you wanna be that's how you wanna play because it's all you know it's, it's easy to go playing you know play local shows or it's easy to go playing uh, shows with bands that they're like less heavy than you so every night you're like easily the heaviest band of the night and you're having a great time you know what i mean it's yeah, more challenging yeah. where like you know right after you is morbid angel taking the stage you know so you're like you know you gotta fucking kill it every <laughs> night <laughs> so it's like it makes you way more uh after you do all of that three four hundred times you get back and you're like okay you know we have to write this new album but like for us there was never or even for me there was i don't know for me there was never a doubt that this album was gonna be better than blood offerings because it's like we are 400 shows later and uh, not only that we had the chance of like now we have the chance of make it better like we have the chance of like the things that we didn't like that much about blood offerings we have the chance to fix it well things that we really liked on blood offerings that we want more we have the chance to pull more you know and like the pressure of course is there because it's like when blood offerings came out came out after the collection of our demos so people were like excited about it because we have already been out for like six years when when blood offerings came out and we have already been touring and trading tapes and did all the underground stuff non-stop and like so like there was already some attention towards us from the underground but of course you were we we had to top demos with a real album so that was easy you know what i mean yeah then you have to top an album that everybody loved and it can seem more complicated but and there is that pressure that you need anyway you need pressure to do good things everybody does like you know if you cannot handle pressure you're not going to be able to do anything great there is no fucking way so it's like you need the pressure but you also need the confidence that you're going to be able to do it so it's like the mix of these two things i think that's what creates something great and not just only in, in music you know what i mean yeah, I think that's a great answer. And do 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 you know the moment where you, or was there a moment where you felt like you belong with those big bands, those big bands of death metal, where you where you where your confidence like you know kicked in? Well, I think I think that our uh, there was a moment that our because we have always been a very arrogant band. Yeah, I have to admit it. Yes, yeah, yeah. since the beginning we've always been very arrogant. We've always been like okay. We're gonna become this one of the sickest. Always since the day one, we're gonna put the work. We're gonna practice every day. You know what I mean? And we're gonna be as sick as any other man. And uh, so initially, that that was always like you know our goal. We're like we're gonna be the sickest fucking band. And it's like one thing is that when you have that attitude and you're nobody, you know what I mean? At the beginning, nobody <laughs> even know who you are. Is a great attitude to have. You know what I mean? Because it pushes you to do great. Sure. Then when you're starting to get affirmed. You, you you have to tone it down a little bit or otherwise you're just some cocky asshole you yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah when yeah. when things start going good but it's like we always said that arrogance kind you know if you want if that's the right word of not to feel to feel that we belonged everywhere you know every time we had to play on a bigger bigger you know bigger stage or whatever we we would always go on the stage with that punk attitude of being like we're going to crash it what do you think? We never, we never got on stage with, with our with our legs shaking. You know what I mean? Right, we right. always get, we always get on stage that we're ready to murder you. What do you think that that the, like you know these punk punk rock roots or the, you know the whatever that that ethos maybe just of, of punk in general is kind of what helped set you guys apart? Maybe not even not this not a sound, but more of a attitude. 
Well, I think that like well, what what helped us a lot is the experience of coming from that background. You yeah. know what I mean? From coming from the background of places where there is like squats and and shows that they're organized, where where like the the extreme music or you know the the aggressive music, which is crust, punk, grind, death metal, trash metal, they're all kind of like together. Like you know, in the place where the Bay Area is like there is not much separation. You'll see the same people at the at the punk shows and at the death metal shows. So it's like you know we come from a background of a place that is very welcoming to 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 all kinds of music, but it's like it follows a lot like the punk addicts at shows. You know what I mean? There yeah. is like uh, respect. There is like um, a way of doing things. It's like you know we are not a band that was like oh that we put out our first seven inch immediately on a big label that put us on some packages tours with other big bands opening for them. Like, you know, we, we started by like, you know, we started doing things by ourselves, recording our tapes, cutting the covers at home, making photocopies, putting the tapes together, writing to other bands and trade them and sending them out and see what the other death metal bands in the underground were and like, organize tours with them and, you know, share a van, share a backline. Like, you know, we did a whole work of DIY, everything. Until like, you know, Ten Crimes contacted us and like, they asked us to put out the, the labyrinth, the collection of our demos. But like, even the reason why we work with Ten Crimes is because we still have tons of freedom. And like, you know, we like to do things ourselves as much as possible. That's why we still pay for our own recording. We still own all of our music. We pay for the artists to make the covers. And then we have a very great deal with Tank Crimes that is almost like a collaboration where everybody's happy. <laughs> yeah. So it's like for us coming from this background is like, you know, it saved us a lot from the fake dreams of becoming a big band out of nowhere because this big label picks you up and makes you a big band. You know what I mean? This is a terrible misconception that lots of bands have, that they think like that they don't need to put in the work. You know what I mean? You have to put the work that is not just writing songs and recording them. You have to put the work of, of running your band, of contacting the other bands, of organizing your tours and getting shows and, 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 and produce your own music in, in formats that they're like, you know, that you can afford because making tapes is not that expensive. So yeah. like this whole uh, this whole thing is like for us is like the way we run the band is the way we have always run it and like it works because it's like you're never waiting for someone else to do the work for you. You're never working with people that you don't trust because they promise you that this is gonna happen. You know what I mean? Sure, it's, so it's like quite simply the DIY aspect, you know. The, the, Absolutely, yeah. yeah, we're a zero bullshit band. Like, you know, you can come to us and be like, you know, the head shift of like a, a multi-million dollar whatever and offering us something and you're probably going to get the middle finger from us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're very much zero bullshit. We do things with people we trust and like, you know, and in a way that we we can respect ourselves for for doing things in a certain way. Like you know, that's why Necrod is a band that's gonna last. Are you going to be able to keep? And I, I'm sure you say yes, and I, I believe you. But are you going to be able to keep the that to keep those uh, not ethics, but the, the the way it's operated? The to, are you going to be able to ha- handle all that and grow the band? Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? What I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you can. I think the times are different. Like, you know, record labels don't decide what's good anymore. They don't. You know, before it was certain record labels that people were looking at, there was way less bands too. So it's like, you know, 
E-Rage will put out something, you know, it was going to be good. Or, uh, I don't know, uh, Century Media or whatever. Um, and it's like, now it's not like that anymore. It's like, uh, now you can promote yourself on the internet. Now most of the records are sold online and not in record shops. So it's like, even record distribution is not as important anymore. Or like, uh, big record labels, they're hit or miss. They put one good band out and then they put 15 bands that they're like unlistenable. You know what I mean? So they lost <laughs> yeah. They lost the respect that they used to have. Like, you know, and lots of the bands that end up, lots of the smaller band on bigger labels, they end up quitting after a few years, right. you know. And like, uh, so it's like, <clears throat> they don't uh, determine anymore what's cool and what's not. And it's like, ultimately, it's like, who's going to get the good tours is the band that brings the people to the venue. So it's like, as long as we play a sick set, we don't need nobody behind us to get the good shows, you know, because people are going to want to come out and see us. And like, think about like, you know, in 2016, we before Blood Offerings came out, we already had a good following just out of playing underground tours and trading tapes with other bands and like, you know, we built that whole momentum through those five years by ourselves without nobody helping us. We didn't pay no PR. We didn't, like, you know, just us. Yeah. And anybody can do it if you really want to do it and your music is good. Right. And then you can collaborate with someone who's going to help you in a positive way. But it's like, you know, you have to steer away from, like, this uh, the music business in the sense of, like, oh, you need to go through the ter- certain channels to make it. You know, also because it's death metal. We're not like a hip-hop band that then you're like, oh, okay, now there is this $120 million. You know what I mean? And then you're always going to handle it. It's like, you know, it's never going to get as big as as other kinds of music. You know, even if you get as big as as Immolation, it's like, you know, they still go on tour with a van and a trailer and they sell their own merch at the merch table. You know what I mean? It's like you can you can run things the way we have been running them probably forever that's, without being a problem. That's true. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know the inner workings of the bigger death metal bands, but I I don't know how many of them just get to do death metal. Well, no, lots of them do by yeah. touring all the time, which right. is not like you know. Oh, I sit at home and write songs. It's like oh, you're on the road, 150 to 100 days a year, or 120, and you're like okay. you know it affects your own life that's why it's like you need to really want to do this because it's like you know to be on the road that much means that you don't have shit back at home because you cannot maintain anything when you're gone all the time so it's like you know you're renting a room in a house with a lot of other people you're subletting your room to someone else when you're gone when you go back home you don't own a car you don't own um you know you make some life choices that you're like you know your life at home is not going to be that comfortable because you know that you're living all the time or also it's like uh, you know you're most likely not going to have that successful of a relationship with a woman right and are, are <laughs> like, those you know, all you, things that that you guys are are comfortable going for yeah absolutely yeah. I, I really don't give a shit about these things for, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, like I, I like my life how it is and it's like how I've been struggling to do this life since since forever and like we were already doing it when we were breaking even and coming back from tour and you're super tired and the morning after you have to go back to work <laughs> you know yeah to do your real job so it's like now that like we don't uh, you know we can just play so many shows and make enough money to get by because it's like 
you don't make the money today that is going to change your life, but it's like, you know, you make the money that, that allows you to just play music. And to me, it's like, wow, this is the dream of a lifetime. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and the, the sacrifice that comes with it of like, you know, to me, it's like you're sacrificing comfort because touring is uncomfortable or eventually it's like, you know, not having living with a lot of people in a house in Oakland, just having a room is not as comfortable as having your own apartment. You know what I mean? We're in our 30s. We're not like, you know, 17. Like our guitar player is 45. Right. <laughs> so it's like, you know, um, it sacrifices that I gladly do because I think that like what really fucks people over in this world, not one of the things is, is comfort. People yeah. get too comfortable and then they give up their freedom. They, they give up their passions just so they can have more comfort and, and where to see and get fat. And get stupid. I was like, yeah, no, I don't. I think too much comfort is 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 is, is not a good thing. <laughs> do, you, anyway. do you know when you came to that realization? Well, when I was like probably like fourteen, fifteen, because it's like when you, I grew up in Italy. When you're like, and growing up in Italy is like, yeah, it's not like growing up in the U.S. where everybody's got these ambitions and big plans, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. In Italy, you know, you're like, okay, if you want to do something, you're gonna have to leave. Yeah. And uh, otherwise, you have to adapt to the Italian life where nobody really has much of a chance where you're going to get a job, not because you're good at it, but because you know someone where you're not going to be able to play music because you do have to work your whole week to pay even for like, you know, a small place. Yeah. And uh, not only there is not as much job opportunities. So if you have a band and you're like, oh, we want to go play a show, we have to, we're going to leave for four days, like, you know, not a month, four days. Eventually, the person you work for is like, no, you're not going anywhere. And you know that you, have, you would have a really hard time finding another job. So you can't just like quit and be like, oh, I'll find another job when I get back. That's something that you can do in the US. You know, I've lost jobs for going on tour and then get back and find another one. You know, you yeah. can do it in the US. You can do it in Italy. So it's like, you know, you grew up in Italy, you already know that like, you know, you're going to have to leave if you want to have to do something. And also it's like, you like, you have this uh, coming from a place where you cannot do much gives you that extra push, that extra drive. You know, when I got to the U.S., I was like, oh, wow, I can do something here, you know. And it's like, you know, as an immigrant, you, you feel like that extra. I'll do anything it takes. You know what I mean? Because it's like also you have that sacrifice behind you that you're like, you know, I left my family. I left my I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm very far away from home to the point that like when here is night in Europe is day and like, you know, it's even hard to fucking phone call. Yeah. So it's like, you know how much you sacrifice that when you're like, you know, you don't, you don't have your certainty of the place where you grew up in, where you have your old friends or like your place that you like to go to or like, so it's like, you know, you know how much you sacrifice for, you have so much drive and it's like, you, you really become like, uh, you know, a force kind of. <laughs> yeah, that's that's interesting, and I can uh, I can relate a little bit there what you're talking about with my wife. Like I said, she's from Italy, and uh, and she mentions a lot of times that she doesn't have the old friends here. There's no, you know, there's she doesn't have a history well, here, right. and, and and her herself, her herself is like you're saying, just a, a force. She no, I don't know anybody who works harder than her. She just goes right. Yeah, totally. You gotta head down and go, and nothing's gonna stop you. Like yeah. you know. But you're also not going to take any bullshit. No, <laughs> because it's like Because people are going to try and like, you know, 
make fun of you or you know you're the person from from another country that is that is playing sicker music than you and but you have a weird accent and he's like what the fuck are you doing there you know what i mean so it's like you have to be strong you have to be very like you know convinced of yourself that you're gonna fucking make it but like yeah it is it is a great push and it's like for me it's like it's sad sometimes to see people from certain places in the u.s that they they've actually have a privilege somewhat privileged situation and they cannot see it you know what i mean because they had it since they were born yeah. so you don't know it it's better to come into it and <laughs> definitely yeah that's been a that's that's been a well with her and i that's a, that's a lot of conversations is uh things that that's cool things that we well, didn't know the, the, how long it should be the first few years are really hard for that reason of like you know not having anybody to talk to yeah whatever you know the, the first few years are really hard because it really takes time to 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 make friends in the u.s it takes time because there is a big issue of trust because of like uh, there is a lot of uh, bad things that happen in the u.s and it's like it's a very in the, not, not that they don't happen in the other world in the rest of the world you know what i mean but yeah. it's like you know i've been in poorer countries or even like um you know the different realities where people don't have so much ambition and drive and possibility that they don't screw each other over so much, <laughs> you know, because, <laughs> yeah, yeah. because ultimately we are all screwed. So people become more helpful within each other and like, you know, more of a community. While in the U.S. there is a lot of like, you know, I'm going to make it and I don't care how many corpses I'm going to leave behind me, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like there is a little bit of an issue of trust. It's not as easy to make friends immediately as you come in from another country. While, like, you know, I've experienced even from U.S. citizens that they went to Spain or Italy and they're like, they stay there for two months and in two months they come back. They're like, oh, I made friends. And they're like, you know, I made such good friendships with people immediately, you know, and they're like, they're st we still talk. Like, you know, it's very much, it's faster in Latin countries to make friendships really easily. Is that because, are we just assholes over here? That's, that's what no, I feel no, like. No, 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 it's, it's no. It's not, it's, not, it's not an asshole thing at all. It's like, and the U.S. is beautiful for like, you know, people who have uh, very passionate and, and very skilled at what they do. Like, I feel that just like, you know, it's a place where you have way more possibility makes it so that people are more concentrated on their own career over other things. Mm -hmm. While in countries where there is less possibilities, where people are more used to live in smaller places altogether, you're used to help each other with the family because, you know, there is no really, in certain countries, there is not a chance for you to make it fully independently. You're going to always have to need some help from your family or from yeah. a friend or you, you, you're always going to be called to help them too at one point. So their li our lives are more all connected and we all kind of depend on each other. In the U.S., nobody depends on nobody because everybody can go make money, get their own place, do whatever the fuck they want. You know what I mean? So people are more concentrated on making it on their personal life because they actually can. While in Italy or other countries, it's like, you know that you're not going to make it. So it's like, what do you start concentrating on? You start concentrating on, on your friendships. You start concentrating on, on your relationship with your partner. You start concentrating on, like, eventually um, what you eat, the food. Like, you know, you start concentrating on things that are simpler, more essential, more bas basics. So then it's like it creates a society that is a little less uh, rough, you know, a little less cutthroat. Yeah, that's that. I I never would have thought about that, and that's that's really I love I love that though. That's it makes perfect sense. That you know that's 
Yeah, I, I totally understand. Thank, thank cool. you for explaining that to me. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> well, we got really off topic, but I would, I want to cool, talk cool. to you a little bit about your record. Yeah, because what, what, what record? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this this one uh, it comes out uh, like we said. We said August twenty eighth. Uh, it's called Mortal. It's on Tank Crimes. Um, you obviously you, you don't get to you don't get to tour on this. Um, was there a delay? In did you push back the release? Yeah, that? we did because it was supposed to come out at the beginning of June, and then we were like, "Oh fuck, we're not going to be able to tour with it." So we were like, "Let's postpone it by a couple of months," because initially we didn't know how much along this pandemic yeah, would last. Yeah. Eventually, it was going to be just a month. We get back to our business, and like you know, August we put out the album in August, and we go on tour with it. Then when we realized that you know. When we realized that things were not going to go back to normal anytime soon or ever, so we were like, okay, August it is, we're not going to push it back anymore yeah. because there is no point while well, we're going to push it back while well, another year is like, that doesn't make sense. So then we decided to, to, to release it at the end of August. And I think it, it's, it's the right decision. It's like, you know, we're excited about the album. We want people to listen to it. Yeah. And, you know, it looks like you might hit the next stimulus check right on time, too. And people <laughs> is that happening <laughs> yeah 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 i don't know when but yeah apparently oh. there's another round of checks coming at the end of august so you might you might get it perfectly. for real yeah they figure it out well i think so sending us i think it's a, i think it's another 1200 a person another 1200 all yeah, right yeah. keep on coming yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not a bad deal huh uh, so no no for sure free money is always yeah. <laughs> well for for this record i, I noticed listening that you you vocally sound sounds stronger. I don't want to say better because you sounded good before, but you sound is was that a just a practice? Mm-hmm. Is that just practice, yeah. or were you really it pushing? Was a lot of practice, a lot of like uh, playing all the shows. You know what I mean? You're you're doing it every night. Also, it's like you get used to do it for extensive amount of times. Like uh, you know, you go on tour for forty five days, you're doing it every night, and uh, you you just become more confident. Also, it's like I took um, I used to smoke. Yeah, so did I. It sucked. Uh-huh. I used to smoke, and I took a huge. I took almost a year break from smoking anything. I wasn't even yeah. smoking weed. Yeah. <laughs> and and then, that helped. Like, my vocals, my vocals improved a lot. I think it was a mix of quitting smoking for the record, and and a mix of like um, just just playing so many shows that you become so good at it, so good at it, just from doing it. Yeah, I did, I did vocals in a band for about a year, and I never got good at it. It was awful. And I, it I, takes way longer than that. I started singing in 2011. Yeah. And it sucked. Like, when you start, you have no idea what oh, you're yeah, doing. Yeah. And you, you, go, you go home with a sore throat every yeah. day. Yeah. Every time you go home, like, you're with a sore throat. You're, like, you're drinking tea and shit, and you're like, what the fuck? And then you keep doing it, you keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it, and then eventually you start figuring it out. And it's like, it's just practice. It's just muscle memory. It's like... Think I read an interesting article about this that it says that like you know uh, infants, little kids, you know how they scream yeah, like uh, yeah. they, they sound like they sound like demons. Yeah. Sometimes you hear a kid <laughs> screaming, you're like, oh shit, the gates of hell have opened. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's like because the the the, the 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 possibility of your of your vocal cords of the sounds that you can make are 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 are, are immense. There's so much. And it takes training, and it's like kids, they actually know how to use their vocal cords better than adults, and then we forget it, kind of. So it's like, it is training. You can train your, 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 your vocals to sound insane. <laughs> yeah, and some, some people have done a great job of that, and, and uh, you're, you're all well on track. 
when, when this comes out, um, see, being that like I said, you can't tour. What, what are you what are you looking forward to here with the release of this? Is it just people finally hearing it? Yeah, I want people to hear it and be able to listen to it on, on their earphones yeah. <laughs> or at home, whatever, <laughs> in their car. You know, it's, it's exciting. It's like, you know, when I like a band and I like a lot of bands, when they put out a new album and so I'm happy, you know what I mean? I'm stoked. I want to have it. I want to hold it in my hands and, and listen to it and look at the lyrics and look at the core. Like, you know, it's, it's, I think it's a good thing. Like, we need to give people this album right now because they really need it. Like, it's, 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 it's a good feeling to get an album of a band that you love. It's like, you know, at least it makes one, one day of your life exciting yeah. among all, all this craziness, you know? And it's like, we have this cool album that is super sick. And, like, I want people to hear it, you know? Not just for, for personal satisfaction, just because, like, I know people will enjoy it. And, like, you know, it'll eventually it'll help someone out. I mean, music has saved me so many times. It's like... When I was a teenager, I probably, I don't think if I would still be alive if it wasn't for Motherhead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, you listen to like the, the, the songs or these albums that make you like, uh, you know, they, make, they, they, they help you. They help you go through with, with, with whatever you're going through with your life, you know, because it's like, it's not just music. It's like, um, it's comfort, it's comfort, you know, to listen to a band that you love. It gives you that kind of, of, of comfort of like, yeah. You know, you know things are gonna be somewhat okay. Or if everything goes to shit, you can always get high and listen to a record that you like. <laughs> you know, that's it's true. Like, to me, it's like well, one of the concepts of mortal is also this of like of like mortality of like uh, not getting so caught up with this life and the things that happens with you. You know what I mean? A knowledge that you're gonna die, a knowledge that you're gonna die even before you actually die. Because it's like, you know, we all lose things through our life and we all change and we all uh, sometimes have the illusion that the cert- certain people are going to stick with us forever or certain things are always going to work out. And like, uh, you know, it's important to acknowledge your mortality and always be ready to lose everything and don't get so attached to, to, to what you got. And it's like, you know, this coronavirus has put a lot of people in front of that because a lot of us were losing what our certainties of our lives were. And it's like he's really showing who is uh, ready to die and who is not. Because it's like if you're ready to die, you are not leaving, concentrating on the things that you lost. You know, you let go of the things that you lost and you move on to whatever you can do now. You know, and it's important to that because it's like we give for granted everything. But it's like I am walking now, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to walk all my life. And if one day I'm going to lose the capacity of walking... And I'm going to end up on a wheelchair. I can't spend my life thinking about when I used to have legs. You know, yeah. you need to learn to live your life without legs and enjoy the things that you can still do. So it's like this is essential for being alive on this world because it's a world that is very, <clears throat> is based on injustice and is ready to take everything away from you at any moment. So it's like mortal mortality is important to acknowledge it. It's important to embrace it. It's important to embrace it as something positive instead of something negative. That's why a lot of people find comfort in heavy, fucked up, obscure music. Is because they do find comfort in knowing that there is a final uh, justice that comes down to everybody. Then no matter what happens, how horrible it is, or how horrible someone has been to you, you you know we are all going towards the same faith. And it's like, I think that, that you can see this with fear or you can see this as, as something good and comfortable. And I think that the people that, that 
feels the comfort in this obscurity are a lot of our fans. Are like that. <laughs> well, that's awesome. And that's very well put. And, um, and you know, I can relate to something recently where I, literally I almost died choking on a piece of chicken in West Virginia. And <laughs> it, was, <laughs> that was, it, it was bad. It was bad. I had to yeah, go. Yeah. yeah. I had to go to the hospital. And yeah. And uh, was it bone? No, it was just chicken. It was just, just a piece meat. of chicken. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, but I was in the middle of nowhere in West Virginia and we had to drive for an hour to find an emergency room and I was choking the whole time. But Why? You were choking for an hour? Yeah. Five, it waiting? was, it was like four hours. Yeah. Um, okay, where but, was it stuck? Uh, it was just, it? I don't know. I, I don't know. I eventually was able to vomit it all up. <laughs> but, oh, but, shit. but, um, but the, uh, but I, but I, I was, I was pretty convinced as my wife was driving me to the, to the that you were ER, gonna die. that I was going to die. And I was so annoyed that the, the way I was going to die choking on I a bet. chicken in the woods yeah, in West totally. Virginia. But then, you know, like, but I, you kind of accepted at one point. Ah, yeah. But then, but then it's just such a fucking bummer. Yeah. I don't know. It was just such a, like, <laughs> I this... don't know. I, I had a close to death experience too. When I was 16, I took way too many drugs for three days in a row and they were all different. So it was like, yeah, I almost, I had this crazy down where like I, I pretty much fell on the ground and I couldn't move anything. Any muscle of my body wouldn't respond to anything my brain wanted to tell. And I couldn't talk. I could, I was sweating super cold and freezing and then sweating super hot and cold and couldn't say a single word. And like, I was 100% sure I was going to die. Yeah, yeah. And uh, in that moment, you're like, you know, you have this panic, this insane panic. And then I remember thinking about like, you know, my sister like you know crazy shit i'm like i'm not gonna be able to say bye to my sister or like you know you you go through this old paranoia and then you get to a point that you're like uh, well fuck it <laughs> kind of you know <laughs> you kind of get to a point that you kind of accept it then i didn't die thank god or whatever you know i didn't fucking die that day i would, would have been like you know a long time ago it would have sucked but it's, 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 these experiences like that that they make you like you know realize that you're like i mean that was a poor choice from my side of taking all those drugs but like right. You know, it's true. You can eat a piece of chicken and you're gone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, right. So it's like I don't know about like people that get mad about their future being erased or the plans that didn't go how they wanted it to go. I'm like, come, come, come down. You know, we need to tone it down a little bit. It's like the the the, the what matter is is there is no goal. There is no like you know at the end of the journey that is life. There is no oh the the gates of like oh you finally made it or like oh here's the trophy or whatever. It's like it's just the journey. That's all we got. Is like is 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 the journey to to dying at the end. And it's like the way you live it is 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 what's most important. It's not what you accomplished. What you accomplished doesn't almost doesn't matter. You know. Yeah. It's the way you live. Get it. Trying to get there. Then if you get there or not, it's like it's like you have to enjoy trying to get there. And it's like and stop concentrating on like oh. But I wanted to be married. Oh, but I wanted to have kids. Oh, but I wanted to be successful. Oh, but I wanted to be with the same person all my life. And it's like, all these things are out of our control. Like, you know, you can do your best. That's all you can do. But then, like, things are going to go away or another, regardless of, of what you do. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? I don't think anybody was expecting, or at least I wasn't expecting, that kind of depth out of out of death metal. But I... but you. But I'm I'm very impressed. Well, but maybe you maybe you've been listening to 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 like a lot of gore death metal. <laughs> there there has been philosophical a lot of there is a lot of philosophy entertainment. Oh, I'm death sure. Metal. Yeah, and that's that's what I've always liked the most about death metal is the more philosophical aspect to it, more than the like you know horror gory 
fun or whatever <laughs> aspect to it. Yeah, totally. Well, dude, I I, I think you, you've been a great conversation, and and this record, I want I want to really sincerely compliment on you. I know everybody out there is saying Thank great you. things, but but it's it's well deserved. And uh, I think rightfully so. You should be excited for people to hear it. And uh, it's, it's going to go over great, as it already has with many people. I see on the cover of magazines. Um, I, I assume when when the time comes, there'll be uh, awesome tours. Um, I, I hope you guys get to do that relatively uh, soon, sooner rather than later, at least. Um, thank you. But, uh, dude, uh, Luca, thank you so much for having this conversation. I really appreciate it, and I genuinely enjoyed it. Absolutely. Oh, if I can say one one last thing, just, Absolutely. just you know, I, I feel like I have to because it's like it's kind of a rough time for us as a band. Yeah, we do have a website which is necro.bandcamp.com where uh-huh. you can pre-order a record. Our tape, we have tapes, LPs, CDs, and we also have like T-shirts and stuff. And like you know, whoever can afford to support the band directly. It is a great time to do it, and we appreciate it. And regardless of that, I hope everybody you know, takes care of themselves and try not to go mental <laughs> during these times <laughs> that it's really easy to do. So that's all. Awesome, man. Yeah, I'll, I'll be sure. I'll, I'll, I'll head there myself right now. But uh, <laughs> Killer. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Luca. Take all right, care. Take, take care, brother. All right, bye. bye. bye.
So there you have it. That's my conversation with Luca. And I told you like that song at the end called Stench of Decay off of Mortal out now on Tank Crimes Records. One of the best death metal records of the year. Undeniable. You can't argue with me. Um, I mean, you can, but I don't really care what you have to say. And I got the microphone, right? That's how it works. I got the power. I got the juice. I got the juice now, right? Is that's a, That's a Tupac movie, huh? It's not, it's not a very good one, but people like it. That's that's fair. You can like it. I don't know. Tupac's a thing, right? Why do people always put up weird quotes and then attribute them to Tupac? It's a very funny thing that people do. It's the same way people like make a make a meme that says like I am my brother's keeper and then put a picture of the Peaky Blinders on there. What's the significance here? I don't I truly don't understand. But uh Whatever. That has nothing to do with everything else that's happened on this episode of Getting It Out Podcast, which, by the way, thank you for listening so far. Um, if you want to know more what's going on with Getting It Out, gettingitout.net and all things included, um, go to gettingitout.net every day until the website works. Uh, I talked to my guy this week, and he tells me September will be the month. Okay, so that's what we're going to go with. It'll be in September that uh, you can finally go there and check out what ha- what's happening on gettingitout.net. Um, if you want to follow uh, the Instagram at getting underscore it underscore out underscore podcast is the getting it out podcast Instagram. There is getting it out podcast on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash getting it out podcast. There is the Twitter at getting it out pod. And that's about it. There's a phone number you can call. Um, I don't know the last time that was ever used, but there is a phone number you can call and leave a voicemail and I'll play it on the show. Uh, it never it never happens. So if you want to call that phone number and leave a voicemail, um, I'll play it because you're a special person. Um, but that's going to be it for this one. I'm going to end you with a track from, uh, what's their name? Psychosomatic. Psychosomatic. They're, they're not a new band by any means. In fact, this record that they, that they got coming out t- today is their seventh, their seventh full-length record. But I do believe they've been around for much longer. Um, it's cool uh, thrash, uh, crossover, whatever you want to call it. Um, you, 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 you'll know the sound when you hear it. Uh, and uh, I think you'll like it. Um, this guy, Jeff Salgado, I believe is how you say his name, has been at it for a long time. And uh, he does great things. This record's coming out. It's called The Invisible Prison. The song is called We Don't Trust You. It's by Psychosomatic. It'll be out on Nefarious Industries Records. Go find it. Listen to this track. Uh... I promise you'll like it. Thanks for listening. Um, Bye-bye.
hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 